What's up, on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon <laughs> you know because I I've worked in a lot of offices and <laughs> I tell you people do that all the time <laughs> welcome back to the renaissance oh, thank god I don't have a real job anyway for the benefit of uh Tom Tommy G right Tell me about your personal life, Ray. Tommy G's been complaining that in oh. some episodes we don't have a preamble about our personal lives, and he's deeply invested in our personal lives. Tommy um, G down there in San Diego, keeping it classy. Uh, what's um, going on? Two things. One, if um, when I see you in North Carolina, I'm probably going to have to buy a belt. Pretty excited about that. Um and the second to thing tie, to yeah. tie me up with or what? <laughs> we'll see. Hit um, me with multiple, what? What is, multiple, multiple what's, uses. A, what's a belt for? Well, what's a belt for? Well, it's going to start off holding up my pants and then it's going to end up holding you down. But more on that You're losing later. weight. Is that what you say? <laughs> I don't. I, maybe. I just don't own a what belt. If, I don't own a belt. The, I, don't, I don't know where this is going. The point uh, is, if uh, even, I don't go out even, in public. Even Tom's. Even okay, Tom's Tom. Look, Ray oh, doesn't. Ray doesn't go out in public a lot, right? Right. So I need a belt to be right. presentable. Okay, so that's <laughs> the little news. The big news is we are about to start on an addition to the house. Uh, try to get another bedroom in here. So it, why? Um, you is uh, you my illegitimate you're not your wife up again? <laughs> no. No, the girls are getting older, and it's just time for more space. They they want more space, and we need another bathroom. So they can do their so hair they can bring for an boys hour. home. I don't want to talk about it, but yes, yes, oh. that's why this is going on the second floor. So oh. <laughs> that's all I need. Kiki starts high school oh. next year. There, yeah, that she does. <laughs> that is yeah. my life in a nutshell. What well, about you? Uh, well, uh, like um. I, I got I got some last night. Yes, um, shocker. And I and I put it down to the two TV shows we watched. The latest <laughs> episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where uh, Jenna Maroney from Thirty Rock was on it, and the conversation was about how she had a magic vagina, <laughs> um, and Larry was trying to hit it. Her husband had right. just died, but oh, he was trying course, to get in there. Of course he was. And 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 I think Chrissy watched that and was like. Hey, <laughs> magic vagina! I'll, I'll show, show you, you. A goddamn magic <laughs> vagina, uh, and and then, well, even more than that, then we watched um, right. uh, uh, the final episode of the New Pope, the season two, ah. uh, where there's a lot of Jude Law walking around just wearing white speedos. Oh, that down would the do beach. it. That would do it for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I think it, it certainly did it for me, and I think it did it for her <laughs> in a big way too. So um, mutual. Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. So Jane Krakowski is uh, the magic vagina woman on uh, the okay. latest episode of 
of uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. So, yeah, tip tip for all you lads out there. You want to get your wife hot, just show them Jude yeah. Law, new Pope, walking Boom. around in white Speedos, tanned, look, oh. winking. He winks into the camera. <laughs> oh, I'm ready right now. Speedo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Anyway. Is that enough, Tom? Can we get on with the fucking show now, Tom? Jeez. Uh, I got a cramp. Got to take a break from... Uh, we, we, we were talking about the... Um, the uh, Medici for yeah. a while. You had to take a break from that. I want to talk about the Spanish Inquisition for a while. Yeah, lighten right? it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know. Now, I know some people might be thinking, well, technically not a Renaissance subject because it's taking place in Spain. Spain's not really into the Renaissance yet. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, sort of mid to late 15th century where we're at in our timeline. But it's... I kind of think it's relevant because coming up quite soon right. in our in our Florency sections, we're going to be talking about Savonarola and the bonfire of the vanities, mm-hmm. sort of this, you know, we've been talking a lot about the rise of humanism and sort of, yeah, they're still religious, but they're kind of like, you know what, fuck <laughs> you, Pope, we'll do our own thing, right. really. Yeah. Um, and Savona Roller comes in and clamps down on that motherfucker. Ah. And, and part, yeah, and part of part of what's going on in the general context of the times is the Inquisitions right. uh, around Europe. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. And I think it's important to provide some context and some background about Inquisitions and heresies. As we do. In general, the, the view yeah. in the sort of 15th century about your heresies. Right. Now, uh, I've got three screenings now locked in in Australia over the next couple of weeks for Marketing the Messiah. Nice. I, I for one, am glad that the church does not uh, have the ability to prosecute me for heresies. Shut that down. Take your property. (laughs) Well, what you have. But yeah. Reading, doing all this research going, uh, if I was around (laughs) then. (laughs) Not so much. I would be fucked. So I'm glad that we shut that shit down at some right. point. But it's good fun to talk about. Um, and I want to go back to 1184. I want to start in 1184, right? All right. All in right. fact, we'll probably go back a little bit further than that, but we're getting back to the 1100s. In 1184, Pope Lucky III, uh, Lucius was his official name, but everyone just known him as Pope Lucky. Right. Um, Pope Lucky issued a papal bull... Ad abolendum mm. to um, combat the Albigensian heresy in southern France. Right. Um, uh, can you want to take a guess of what ad abolendum means with your advanced ab- Latin? <laughs> ab abolendum. Um, something about you have to have better abs. Ab- I, <laughs> well, ab- I'll tell you who's got ab- great abs. Who's that? Jude Law. Pope Jude Law. Yeah. <laughs> Nah. No, what does that mean? I'm guessing something ab, not good. Ab, abolendum, abol, 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 abol. What does the word abol no. remind you of? Uh, now I want a bowl an apple. of soup, right? A bowl of, of chili. Um, it means on abolition. Or towards oh. abolishing. It's from the first line. You know, the papal bulls were always named after their first line. Sure, it's The sweet. first line was ad abolendum diversum heresium prevetatum 
to abolish diverse malignant heresies. Damn. All right. So this is Pope Lucky uh, cracking down on your heresies in 1184. Now, this was issued after the Council of Verona had met to discuss some, you know, jurisdictional differences between the papacy and Freddie I, the Holy Roman Emperor at the time. Right. And there was this thing going on called the Albigensian heresy, a.k.a. Catharism or the Cathars. Right. Uh, I'm sure most people have heard of the Cathars. Um, they, they were sort of a major heresy around about this period, mostly southern France, northern Italy. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, really when the Catholics started to crack down hard. <laughs> I mean, they cracked down hard before. We've talked about this going way, way back to Constantine and Theodosius when you got your first Christian emperors and they were sort of cracking down between, well, are we a Trinitarian or we're an Arian? Let's figure this out. St. Augustine said, you know what, I think it's okay to torture and, and imprison and beat the wrong sort of Christians up because that's what Jesus would want. To make them the right kind of Christians or just to punish them for being the wrong Christians? Is there a conversion here? No, it was, it was you know, he did it out of love to get them to get on the right path. And do you remember okay. his justification for the use of violence? Oh, God. What, what is it? I just remember the rape thing. What was it? Well, no, no. In terms of this, in terms of getting people on the right path, it was because Jesus did it to Paul. Jesus made Paul go blind, right, right, to Not force him to sit up and pay attention, right. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just started reading. There's a new sort of historical fiction book out by a Melbourne author, Christos Yalakis, called Damascus. It's about St. Paul, and mm-hmm. in it, St. Paul is a homosexual who hates himself because he's a homosexual. Right. Um, which is a, a fairly um, common theory in some scholarship circles that St. Paul really? is homosexual. Because mm. St. Paul talks in his epistles about this, uh, this like scourge that he has, this thing that's wrong with him, he hints uh. at, and how... You know, God is punishing him for this thing that's wrong, but he never says what it is. Right. Eh, some people think it might have been eczema. Some people <laughs> thought it, think it might have been epilepsy. Other or people think it might have been homos- <laughs> 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 balding. Um, homosexuality is another one right. that people think. But um, did, didn't God hmm. make him gay? Is, is that going too far? Mm, Am I going to be excommunicated? No. Okay, well, sorry. No, you know, you, 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 Christians generally uh, like to think that um, homosexuality is your own doing. It's a, it's gotcha. a sin. Because God, would, God wouldn't do that. Why would he make you something that's sinful? Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, right. yeah, it's the devil that's making you Long for that well, hot, sweet if, man ass. If the devil wasn't dick so in your mouth, right, yeah. if it wasn't so hot in the first place, I wouldn't be yeah. tempted. So whose oh, fault is go. that? Like Thank Jude you. Law. I right. mean, if Jude Law wasn't Put such a sexy man, red spandex and a little tail, I wouldn't be gay. Right. Yeah. Here we go. What? <laughs> no, sorry, my <laughs> own fantasy. Wait, hello. <laughs> what? You want to dress him up to look like a fox? No, like the devil. You, you know. Red spandex oh, and the horns and the pitchfork oh, and the tail. Right, right. I and I'm going like to need a moment. Animalistic thing there. <laughs> um, 
how did we get onto this? Oh, Paul. Oh, yeah. So yeah. St. Augustine was saying, well, Jesus made Paul go blind, uh, which is an act of violence. So it's right. okay to, to use acts of violence if you're doing it out of love to get yes. people saved. If you're yes. doing it to save people, it's okay. As Nixon once said, well, if Jesus does it, then it can't be illegal. So we're all good. We're all exactly. good. Um, so, yes, the Cathars, uh, the yeah. pure ones. Now, Aww. the Cathars, well, tell me, tell, me, tell me what you know about the Cathars, Ray. I know that I respect them. I like them. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with them. They had strong, few beliefs. They lived very simple, virtuous lives. And because of some of their ways that were the exact opposite of the Catholic Church, like you were saying earlier, they are they were popular from, from Aragon to Flanders, from Naples to the uh, Lendundoc, however you say that, in southern France. Uh, their priests were called the perfect. Um, they basically lived simple lives. They were supported by the kings and counts of their regions. Um, some of them were artisans. They didn't believe in marriage. They didn't believe in baptism. They didn't believe a lot of the church's sacraments, like tithing. They thought women were equal and they could participate in the faith. And basically, they just lived simply, didn't eat meat, abstained from all the drama, tried to help people, and got on with their lives. You know, like we imagine priests today are supposed to be, but are not. Yeah. They were, they were actually, I mean, they, they called themselves the bonhommes, the good people. Right. The good men. They thought of themselves as the good Christians as opposed to the Catholics, who they thought were corrupt and mm -hmm. uh, sinful and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess just bad Christians. They, oh, they were a Christian dualist or Gnostic revival movement, mm -hmm. um, big between the 12th and the 14th centuries, um, known as the Cathars or, or the Albigensians because they were really big in a city called Albi in southern France, which is where it was thought the, the sort of movement uh, uh, really took off. Right. Albi is in Toulouse in southern France, not far from the border of Spain. By the way, that region is the Languedoc. Long dock. Uh, dock, yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, which which uh, is uh, means the uh, it's reference to the language. They didn't speak uh, French there. They spoke uh, dock. Uh, they had their own their own language. Yeah. I think uh, their own dialect. Now, uh, when I say it's a dualist, do you know what a Christian dualist? Uh, philosophy means is that when you have uh, I don't know is is it a theory is it a thought is it a form of belief where there's two opposing parts to the religion like good and evil that do battle um, two two gods two gods okay yeah well I mean all Christianity has good and evil right but they usually think it's God is good God right. and Jesus on the good side. Satan, Satan, <laughs> Jude Law uh, and Red the, Spandex on the, the other devil, side, uh, right? Yeah, Diablo, yeah. Iblis, uh, as no. the Muslims call him, on uh, as the bad side, and they think of you know mainstream Christianity thinks of the devil as a fallen angel, but ah. Christian dualism believed that there were there were two gods. Uh, you're 
Jewish God, Yahweh, the God mm-hmm. of the Old Testament, who was the evil God, and then your new God represented by Jesus, but Jesus wasn't the God. Jesus was a man, but there was a he was he, he was an angel actually, right? Who was sent by the good God <laughs> to battle the evil God, the evil old Jewish God. Wow. Okay. Um, now, when you go back into early Christianity, we talked a bit about this uh, uh, back in the day, and, and I've, this is uh, gets a bit of a mention in the in my film. Um, I, but I would have liked to have done a lot more. Like there was a lot more of it in the original cut of the film, but I had to cut it all out. You know, my, my producer was like, "What the fuck is all this shit? Right. I, I don't get it." I don't it's know. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 So you had the Marcionites mm. and the Gnostics, both. Very, very big sects or cults of Christianity in the second century uh, onwards, mm-hmm. um, and they also believed in the the, the two gods, the old, the evil god of the Jews and the good god of Jesus. Uh, Marcion was the first guy to pull together a Bible, as we know it, the New Testament. Oh, okay. He it was mostly Paul's letters and the Gospel uh, according to Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that, he took bits out of it he didn't like. He just kept <laughs> the bits he did like. Uh, he, he, re- he rejected the Old Testament and the other Gospels because they were too Jewy yeah. uh, for him. <laughs> now, ignore the fact that Paul was a Jew, but, you know, Paul was sort of a modified Jew. Yeah. New and Paul was like, ah, yeah. you know, sacrificing in the temple, eating kosher food, getting the end of your knob chopped off. Don't worry yeah. about all that yeah. shit. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's all good. It's your father's faith. This is the new Mm. faith. Mm. Of course, I would have said to Marcion, well, Paul quotes from the Old Testament extensively in his epistles. Uh, Good enough for Paul. Why not good enough for you? (laughs) But uh, Marcion would have been like, details, details. I'm actually having an argument. There's there's somebody on Twitter at the moment. Right. Who is, uh, runs uh, like a new age Marcionite church right and i've been having an argument with him about this he's like oh you know the old testament's all evil and blah 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 I go, but hold on and he, you know, paul's all good i go oh, paul quotes from it all the time so, so... fucking <laughs> figure that out anyway um so uh yes so the cathars seem to have been like the church tried to shut down the marcionites and the gnostics um, after Theodosius, and, and right. they were relatively successful, but they there was always around, or they'd pop up. You go, you know, they they never really got rid of this altogether, right through to today, obviously, because I'm talking to one of them on Twitter. This idea uh, was has always been an undercurrent, but you know, going back before Theodosius shut everyone down in the late 300s, uh, Marcionism and the Gnostics were big, really big. Right. As far as we can tell, we, we we believe that because there are books written by some of the early Catholics uh, called Against Heresies by Irenaeus and the people like that who were fighting them, you know, writing uh, retorts and, and and battling them. So they were big enough that they, that, you know, the the had to be checked. Trinitarians, yeah, yeah, Trinitarians saw them as a genuine threat to their dominance, uh, uh, to be the the orthodoxy. Anyway. So the Cathars seem to have been a continuation of that. They thought Yahweh was evil. Yahweh was the devil. Um, and they believed that human spirits were sexless spirits of right. angels trapped 
in the material realm by an evil god and they would be reincarnated over and over and over until they were perfected and then they could get back to being where the good god was in his his heaven. Ah. Is that... Uh, it, mm. I was going to say, is that a part of why their priests were called the perfect and you could only get whatever, I'll, I'll just call it salvation, through interaction with them versus the uh, Gnostics where you can get it on your own just by having a deep and meaningful or personal experience with the divine? Because you still have to go through them, but they just have a lot less demands than the Catholic Church. I just want to make sure I understand, because uh, those are some very different ideas of what the church has to offer. I think the the perfect. I think um, I mean leader. Their leaders were the perfect, although mm. they didn't refer to themselves as that. I think their enemies called them that. They just referred oh. themselves as bonhomes, gotcha. the good the good men and women. Okay. But what they would do is, my understanding is, when they received their baptism, mm-hmm. and often they would do this towards the end of their life, um, they would abstain from. Uh, anything that could uh, be associated with sin right? until they died uh, to try and live the perfect life, which is one of the reasons why they'd try and put it off to the very end of their life when they were, you know, getting close to the end. And that includes, like, not, not harming any living thing. You couldn't swat a fly, couldn't stand on an ant. Right. If you did anything like that, you fucked up. You had to do it all. You had to live all. Or you had to be rebaptized. or. Right do a whole nother cycle of life in your next reincarnation. You oh had to God. die sinless in order to get to the good place. Right? Good luck with that. Um, yeah. But this whole idea of sexless spirits of angels trapped in the material realm, very Scientology-ish. Right. That's kind of what Scientology, they believe is sort of like alien beings trapped in human bodies, but by a evil alien overlord. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yes. Fun, little good stuff. So the <laughs> so the Cathars, yeah, mostly found in the Rhineland cities, particularly around uh, Cologne, 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 Cologne. Are you okay? You have a stroke? Cologne. Hello, my name's Cologne. <laughs> Cologne. Uh, yes, around the Longdoc region. Now they they worship Jesus, but didn't believe he were had a physical incarnation. They believed Uh-oh. he was an angel. Sure who just appeared in human form, um, which, Ooh. by the way, is similar to what some of the scholars in my film believe that some of the earliest Christians, including Paul, might also have believed. Uh, it was like a ghost or a, an apparition yeah. or something? Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an angelic being who just came to earth and appeared as a man but wasn't really wasn't you know uh born uh, right. uh in a physical through the vajayjay uh, sense right yeah. okay yeah. which of course means you can't um be killed on a cross or resurrected because that, that's you're true just, you're, see he didn't fake. die he didn't die for our sins because he was never quote unquote alive or he may have died oh, God. On a spiritual plane, like right. being executed. Yeah, because Paul in one of his epistles talks about, like, uh, I can't remember the terminology, but he talks about battles going on in the heavenly planes between demons and angels and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Right. So he obviously believed that there was this uh, spirit, you know, like this, 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 you know, yeah. 
battles between angels and devils, and, and Jesus might have been an angel who was killed in the uh, heavenly planes, uh, not on an earthly level. Anyway, it's it, I mean, no one really fucking knows what he believed. It's, it's all over the place. But anyway, that, that's what these people apparently believe. So they didn't believe in the resurrection. Right. Um, they thought the cross was just an instrument of torture and death and shouldn't yeah. be worshipped. They refused the Eucharist, saying, well, it couldn't possibly be the body of Jesus. He's a spirit. Because yeah. he didn't have a body, exactly. Unless you're talking Ghostbusters. Fucking right. bread that you're eating, you dumb right. fucks. Like, <laughs> we, we live low-carb diets. We're keto. Uh, we're not uh, right. going to put that in our body. And plus the wine, high-carb as well. They also rejected baptism <laughs> by water. So they were totally against nearly everything the Catholics stood right. for, but, but still were Christians in yeah. their own minds. In they worshipped Jesus. Way. So yeah. technically they're Christians just had a different view of Christianity to the Catholics. Right. And, and that he, the Roman church was really the church of Satan and the world was You mean was the church of Rome. The church of Rome, Rome was church. controlled by Satan and the church of Satan and uh, that the world was controlled by evil. So, yes, slightly different than the church. Here's a quote from one inquisitor who was cracking down on them. He said, Then they attack and vituperate in turn all the sacraments of the church, especially the sacrament of the Eucharist, saying that it cannot contain the body of Christ. For had this been as great as the largest mountain, Christians would have entirely consumed it before this. They assert that the host comes from straw, that it passes through the tails of horses, to wit, when the flower is cleaned by a sieve of horsehair. That, moreover, it passes through the body and comes to a vile end, which, they say, could not happen if God were in it. Of baptism, they assert that the water is material and corruptible and is therefore the creation of the evil power and cannot sanctify the spirit, but that the churchmen sell this water out of avarice, just as they sell earth for the burial of the dead and oil to the sick when they anoint them, and as they sell the confession of sins as made to the priests. Mm. Mm. You eat the bread and then you shit it out your <laughs> asshole. How can it have God in it? Right. Because God don't play that. I mean, would you, if you were God? At no well, point am I going to be shit. The body, you know, I think it's the kidneys, uh, absorb the God particles out right. of the bread and the and nutrients the or i don't know i'm making this up okay and you know it gets yeah. absorbed into the bloodstream right but and that's yeah. where white blood cells come from okay, i mean I, I think that's that's science right well you're bringing race into it now with the white blood cells but anyway as far <laughs> as i know as far as i know these people were humble to the point of poverty, did not eat meats, practically starved them. They spent most of their life underweight, starving. They helped people. They were loved and respected by many of the communities on the Long Dock. And they actually, the entire southern part of what we call France, saw itself as its own little world. The people of the north were, you know, foreigners. They did not respect or admire the the priests of the church who had girlfriends and they had children and they were selling things and they were rich and they were eating meat and they were breaking all of the, the vows you're supposed to not do as a part of the church. And so, I mean, it's night and day for these people. And for all the churches are saying, I mean, they must've been doing something right because they were loved, beloved and respected by the people of their region. 
Not because they yeah. had to, but because of their deeds. Because they were good people. Right. Uh, they also were totally against war and capital punishment. That's good. And they refused to eat anything that was the result of sexual intercourse. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to refrain. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I, yeah. I know. I'm on there. I'm there with you. <laughs> Uh, they was, basically, they were spitters, not swallowers, I think is what right. they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for them, sexual reproduction was a, an evil that should be avoided because it continued the chain of reincarnation oh. and suffering in the material world. Right. Um, funnily <laughs> enough, at the time, by at this stage, priests were still getting married. I think. So it was only after... The, I think the Catholics were, you know what? We like that bit. We're going to take that, that bit. Yeah. Keep that bit. For as long uh, as we can. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, as you said before, women were allowed to hold the same offices as the men. They had complete equality uh, between the men and the women because they believed that the spirit was sexless. Oh. And you could, like, like Doctor Who, you could be regenerated yeah. as a man or a woman. Irrelevant. Unlike James Bond, who apparently is always a white oh, man uh, so far. But like right. the doctor, you could be any color. We've now had two female doctors, one white, one black. Um, it was a bit the same. So therefore, right. women were equal in all ways to men. Now, of course, the Catholics, fuck it, that drove them insane. And these people were really big. The Catholics were a really big fan of Mary Magdalene. Right. Um, again, I mean, the Catholics were like, yeah, she's all right, but she's kind of a prostitute. They were big fans of the Virgin Mary. Right. Because she, you know, yeah. uh, was harmless. But Mary Magdalene, you know, there was this whole thing about how, yeah, there's a whole, whole strain of belief that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Yes. She is the disciple that he loved. Um, and so, uh, you know. Yeah. Even, you know, the, the holy uh, bloodline of the Holy Grail theories. Yeah. I don't know how prevalent they were then, but that Mary and Jesus had a kid and all that kind of stuff. Right. Anyway, in, four, in 1147, Pope Eugene III mm-hmm. sent a papal legate to this uh, Toulouse area of southern France uh, in an attempt to halt the progress. He went with orders from the Pope to cut this shit <laughs> out. Right. But uh, it didn't work, Ray. Why didn't it work? As far as I know, they yeah, they go south and they just don't, they're not able to get a lot of uh, attraction. They're not able to get a lot of success because, again, the people in the south are sticking together. They respect the Cathars and they see the northern French people as foreign. They don't like the church. So from what I gather, they weren't impressed by the messengers nor their message and they weren't really willing to change their ways just to satisfy the Pope. Yeah, the like the nobility in these areas and the people in general were fond of the Cathars. These are good people. They're well yeah. liked. They're respectful. They're helpful. Uh, they didn't have any. So they were like, nah, nah we don't yeah. think so. We're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. So the other popes after Eugene tried to get bishops in this region, their own bishops, to shut down or convert the Cathars. But the Cathars just got stronger and stronger. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the bishops, Bishop Fulk, asked a knight when he got there. He was sent down there. He asked a knight why they didn't get rid of the heretics, and the knight answered, 
We cannot. We have been reared in their midst. We have relatives among them, and we、Ooh. see them living lives of perfection. Yeah, you probably got a couple in your family. You're related. It's all one big giant general community, especially compared to the foreigners in the north. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Oh, and the other part of that was whenever a cardinal or bishop or whatever came down, they had their entourage, they had their bodyguards, they had their fancy clothes, they had their food, they had whatever, and 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 of course that just even more makes them stand out against the Cathars, who are these people of humble means. So again, you can tell a priest coming from a mile away, automatic not being respected when you show up. Now I want to point out that this area that they were in,、uh, Toulouse, the county of Toulouse, was politically independent from、mm. France at the time, hadn't been、right. merged in. So that plays into all of this as、yes. well. So then Pope Innocent the Third came to power in 1198. He's after Pope Lucky. Pope Pope Innocent gets in and he just decides, "Fuck this shit." I am cracking down on this, and he issued a papal bull against heresy. What it, it was no more friendly. Let's try and convert them or talk them out of it. Now we're going to make it、uh, a crime.、Uh, the punishment for heresy was to be the confiscation of property and the disinheritance of descendants. So we're not going to burn you at the stake yet. <laughs> <laughs> What we are going to do is、uh, basically take away all of your shit. Right.、Uh, basically, he equated heresy with treason against the emperor, like in in ye old Roman times. He's like, well, basically,、right. I am the emperor. So if you of the、yeah. papal states, yeah,、uh, and of Christianity, and heresy is treason against what I'm saying. So fuck you. That's right.、Uh, we're going to take all your shit. And in 1208,、mm-hmm. he sent his papal legate Pierre de Castelnau. To pay a visit to Count Raymond of Toulouse, yeah, I mean, and this is where it started to go pear shaped. Yeah, so you said you said Peter, right? Peter Castle now new. Maybe say his name. Well,、was. Pierre, but yeah, you、Pierre. can call him Peter okay,、yeah. if that's easy for you. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, they rock up in early twelve oh eight, but right away,、um, Raymond the sixth, it gets ugly. The、uh, the Count of Toulouse, he, like you said earlier, this is a pretty much independent. Area, if anything, they're kind of under the—I can't remember the exact word. They're not directly loyal to the King of France, but supposedly they—he kind of looks over them. And now the Church is coming down, telling them to change、It's、their vassal. ways. Vassal, thank vassal. you. Vassal, change their ways, get rid of the Cathars, the people who are literally interwoven into their community. And as you can imagine, when you have two opposing forces, it gets ugly real quick. There are threats of violence. Obviously, uh, um, P- Peter, if I can use that name, is not. Not getting anywhere, so on January thirteenth, on a Sunday, he gets out of there, having accomplished nothing, and he is heading back for Rome. Yeah, but before that, he、yeah. sets up a debate between thirteen Cathars and thirteen Catholics. Oh, good. To see, you know, which side can convince the others that they're the right, right. Christians, and、uh, it proved inconclusive. Right. Now, if、they、it had, they ended- couldn't pick a winner. 
Right. If it had ended with a, either a Catholic victory or maybe screaming matches or whatever, you would imagine that the the, uh, the papal authorities could have used that as an excuse to cut down. But as far as I could tell, the Cathars debated them point by point. It all comes to nothing. It all kind of fizzles out and everybody just goes back to their side. So again, not in your face spitting in your face, throwing whatever version of the Bible that they have, like like the nobles are going to do, Raymond the Sixth. These people are genuine. I, I think they're really just trying to do their job, and they're just trying to address the issues coming from the Catholic Church and getting on with their lives. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, what this demonstrates is, I mean, the, it, it's impossible to make a conclusive argument about which Good version point. of Christianity is Good the point. right one. Because, look, where's your point? As you know, I've kind of made a big deal out of studying the sources, for right. particularly the last four or five years, but for 20 years. And it's all over the place. You can craft any argument. It's a Rorschach test. You can make any argument exactly. you like because yeah. there are so many conflicting uh, thoughts and ideas in there about this, that, or the other in terms of the nature of Jesus that it's open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after this debate didn't work out for the Catholics, uh, Castle now demanded that Count Raymond hand over all of the Cathars in his area for punishment. Um, Raymond refused, so Castle now excommunicated him, Boom. and then then uh, let him back in, and then excommunicated him a second time. <laughs> And then said, fuck you, I'm going to Rome. I'm going to tell the Pope, you're, right. you're in for it, mate. Just right. you wait until the Pope hears about this. Unfortunately, when he was waiting for a ferry to cross the Ron, right. a uh, hooded rider galloped up to him and mm-hmm. put a sword through him. <laughs> Not so much of a by how you leave, just uh, jabbed and rode away. Pope Innocent hears about this. He is devastated. And one one book made a big deal that Raymond VI did not send an, uh, an official, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry for your loss, or my bad, that was one of my guys who got carried away. Nothing. So between the Pope, between Pope Innocent III being devastated and Raymond not saying, I'm sorry, or whatever, the Pope is even more worked up now. It's time to turn it up to eleven. Well, uh, you know, there's no evidence. I think Raymond uh, said it wasn't him, and there was yeah. no evidence that it was one of him's people. But uh, and he was excommunicated, so probably not on speaking terms with the Pope. Anyway, yeah. Innocent decides to go to war, and not just to war. He called for a crusade <laughs> against other Christians. Right now, you know, your crusades, uh, generally typically, speaking. Generally right. speaking, your crusades. Your first crusade was gets, in 1095. Right. It gets darkies. Can I say earlier. that? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's against your darkies that have taken your lands and you want to get it back, right? Right. The first, the first crusade, as I said, 1095, right. um, is to sort of attack the Turks. But uh, this one is uh, against other Christians. Wow. Now... But you got the full benefits of your crusade. Uh, you got your full indulgences from the Pope. Thank uh, God. Basically, go and kill these other Christians for me, and right. you will get forgiveness of all sins. Good. First and foremost, right. killing Christians. Second, cancellation of all debts. I like that. I just bought a new car. Thank you. Third, uh, you get all the booty 
you can carry away with you, right. and I do mean both kinds of booty, uh, <laughs> money, treasure, happen. and right. pussy, magic yeah. vagina. And uh, as always, you only need to serve 40 days. This isn't like a Roman right. legion thing where you've right. got to put in your 16. 15 years. <laughs> This is win, 40 win, win. days. Win, win, win. Come now on. Now you think about it, Ray. Like uh, oh, I you and I, yeah. you and I are both incredibly lazy and cowardly. Everyone knows that. We, yes. We've built our lives built around the fact that we are <laughs> bookworms. Well, I'm a bookworm. You're a Wikipedia, Wikipedia worm. YouTube worm. Right. Um, we are famously lazy and cowardly. Yeah. Um, I will hide. But. Yeah. If yeah. you said to me, Cam, go uh, go to war for 40 days. Right. If you survive, forgiveness of all sins, uh, <laughs> cancellation of all debts. Boom. And you can bring back all of the treasure and pussy you can carry. Right. Holy shit, man. Like man. even uh, that would get me out of, <laughs> that would get me to put on some pants. I, I would tell buy you. a belt. I'd go buy a belt. And, and yeah. I would join. That's how. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two belts, one Two. to hold your pants up, one, <laughs> one to, to one to beat the virgins and tie them up with uh, when you get there. Drag them, <laughs> put it around their neck to drag them back with. Right. So Pope Innocent called upon King Philip II Augustus of France to uh, get on board with this. Right. Uh, and and Philly two Augie. As he was uh, P2A, uh, P to the A, as he was known uh, by his friends, uh, he was on board. He loved this idea because it gave him a legitimate opportunity to crack down on this Toulouse region and uh, bring it into the greater kingdom. Yeah. Right, you wanna you wanna grow the territories, yeah. and you need a good justification to do that. This was his justification. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, again, it's one of those things. It's this message that we keep harping on. It doesn't matter what form something comes in. Follow the money, and you'll normally figure out the truth. This is like this king is like I can almost double the size of my kingdom, and I get to walk away with all the stuff, and I get to have. Forgiveness of sins and cancellation of debts. This is fucking perfect. I mean, again, he, you want to support the Pope because he's the power of the land, but the king is going to directly benefit from this. And I think he had been looking at the South for, for some time. Um, and so this is just another economic war just couched in religion. Mm. Um, by the way, we have uh, King Philip to thank uh, indirectly for the Magna Carta because he went to war with King John of England and King John was forced by his nobility to sign the Magna Carta uh, in order to get them to assist him to fight against Philip in the First Baron's War. So there you go. Right. Um, yeah, so he got on board and he sent Simon de Montfort, uh, the first, fifth, fifth, fifth. <laughs> Open your lips. Yeah, too hard to talk. Simon de Montfort, the fifth Earl of Leicester, right, to lead the invasion force. If, if I may, so so you're right. So they get together an army. It's mid 1209. This ragtag army is coming south. 
obviously, you know, they get on all these benefits. And I wasn't, and I don't want to stop you because if you have this, please tell it. But, but Raymond the Sixth of Toulouse has got his own game. He's like, okay, I've, I pissed off the church, I pissed off the Pope one too many times. Is there something that I can do to placate them? Hopefully, keep these guys away from my lands. And the one thing that will probably get him out of trouble for now is to absolutely humble himself before the Pope. And the way to do that, as far as I know, is a penitential scourging um, that he's going to be willing to undertake in order to show his loyalty to the Pope. Mm. Yeah, basically, they're coming at him. Right. And Raymond uh, panics. Yep. He didn't, I mean, when he told the Pope to go fuck himself, he didn't, <laughs> didn't really, mean it. Right. he didn't expect it to get to hit this level. So he agrees <laughs> to go a penitential scourging, scourging thank at you. the Church of St. Gillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was stripped naked. Oh, yeah. And thrashed by Hold the on. papal legate. Hold on, I'm getting some popcorn. Go ahead. In front of two dozen bishops and a huge crowd. Oh. <sighs> before being led into the church to swear allegiance to both the church and the crusade. Yes. And now this is just like, I'm pretty sure this is how Jesus uh, wanted it to go. Listen, I, you know, Jesus himself, if he'd had an opportunity to strip people naked and thrash them with a whip in front of a crowd, you know, yeah. He would have taken it. Fucking sell tickets. Uh, I mean, little known fact, but, um, yeah. you know, the, the whole Jesus getting stripped down and, and whipped while he carried a cross. Right, payback. He, he was, no, he was kind of in. He was into oh, it. Um, <laughs> it was his idea. Right. That bit got edited out of the Bible, but he was like, they were just going to let him go. And he was like, like no, no, hey, no. Hey, hey, I, hey. I must be punished. Hey, listen. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Strip me down and whip me. Right. Would you? Like, yeah. I'll do it to you, too. I mean, let's... <laughs> Tip if you've never tat. been stripped and whipped, right. stripped, stripped and whipped. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com. In fact, another part of the Bible that was uh, cut out was um, was uh, him saying, you're, you're sorry to me? I don't believe you if you're not bleeding. I have to see blood before I believe. That's just how it is. Had to see some blood. Strippedandwhipped.com. Stripped and whipped. Are you talking about car uh, or varnish? No, no. I'm talking about my ass. I'm talking about my ass. <laughs> stripped and whipped. Uh, yeah, so he got stripped and whipped and then agreed to serve the 40-day period right. as a crusader. And he had to give up all the Jews that he employed. And I don't think we've gone into this in detail, but the point is when all of this stuff coming is coming down, this general region is doing quite well. There's not a lot of tension going on and they're getting along with, they have Jews in their air, uh, territory. They're doing pretty well. And now but the church is saying, get rid of all the Jews that you have in your employ. He had to give up all of his Jews. He had to give up seven of his castles to the church. And he had to give up his use of mercenaries. Damn. And any claims he might have over any religious institutions on his lands. He had to apologize to all the clergy he'd insulted and harassed and extorted money from. So they bitch slapped (laughs) Raymond of Toulouse. Um, and when it came to the Cathars, it wasn't up to him from now on exactly. uh, who could be protected, who couldn't, it was up to the church. Church would decide. Uh, yeah. And if he stepped out of line in future, he was to be judged by papal legates 
and it was going to be it was going to be brutal. So more strips and whips oh, um, if he got out of line. Now, right. yes. So he was made an example of. This is uh, on the eighteenth of June, twelve oh nine. Now this left another guy who was one of his vassals, Raymond Roger Troncoval. He was the Viscount of Bézier and Albi, sort of the main area of the Cathars, Bézier oh. and Albi. Right. And obviously he was also friendly with the Cathars. When he heard what happened to Count Raymond, Raymond Roger was like, oh, 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 can I be stripped and whipped as well? <laughs> I want to be up. stripped and whipped. Sign me up. Yeah. Strip, strip and whip Sunday. That's what my, I want. I'll bring my own whip. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now he he had a long record of antagonising the church. Yeah. Uh, he'd kicked the bishop out of Carcassonne and installed his own puppet bishop. Mm. And that new bishop's mother, sister, and three of his brothers were all perfects in the uh, Cathars. Right. right. So he was uh, tied in with that. But he, Raymond Roger, could not even get a meeting with the papal legate. No, they you know, we're all out of... Right. We do one strip and whip. That's it. Uh, you missed... Yeah. Uh, you know, we invited you to attend the strip and whip. You told us to go fuck ourselves, so sorry. It's uh, yeah. you, you, one, 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 one shot. Day. You had one shot. There's only going to be one meeting about a beating, and we've already had it. Thank you for your time. <laughs> but he is on notice because whatever they're going to do to him, if he fucks up, it could be even worse. So... When you offer to let someone whip your ass and they say no, generally they've got something worse planned for you. That's been my experience in marriage. <laughs> what about the strip and whip? Do you uh, have any experience with that in marriage? Uh, I'll send you some videos. Uh, we'll All talk right. Later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So about a month after Count Raymond got the strip and whip, uh, on the 22nd of July, 1209, a French army coming in from the north under the leadership of the papal legate Arnold Amalric or Amori. Mm-hmm. He, gets, gets, he gets both of those, Amalric right. or Amori. Uh, camped outside the town of Bézier in the Languedoc region. Now, this guy, Amalric, was a Roman Catholic Cistercian abbot. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what a Cistercian is, Ray? No, tell me. The Cistercians branched off from the Benedictines. Mm. Uh, Benedict. Uh, I, I, I'll talk about the Benedictines a bit later on, I guess, because okay. they they get a big run when we get to talking about the. Um, well, it's the Dominicans, actually. We get to to talking about the 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 Jews. In the next episode, anyway. Yeah, he was a Cistercian, branched off of the Benedictine monks. Uh, and uh, he was a bit of a bit of a douchebag. This guy. Uh, He's intense. He's intense. Yeah. He's an intense douchebag. Yeah. So they had, they'd spent a month marching down the valley, uh, and their their basic mission was to demand that the town elders of Bezier right. hand over all of the Cathars in the town. It's history say there were 222 of them, which is a very specific number. Right. And about, uh, it was about 10% of the town's population. <clears throat> um, and when he got there, he stood outside the gates, he demanded and the, the, the elders of the town refused. Right. And, uh, well, basically that was it. Um, the, 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 
the war was on right. to take this town. Now, there, there were sort of crusaders outside of the town, people on the walls of the town. It was a bit like that Monty Python scene. Right. Um, okay, I'll yeah. tell him, but I think he already has one. <laughs> They're um, taunting each other. Yeah. Taunting. I will taunt you another time. <laughs> and the taunting got so bad, right. the defenders opened the gates. <laughs> I'm so come out there, a group of them. Kick yeah. your ass. Yeah. Oh, That's brilliant. I fart in your general direction. <laughs> they went out to basically teach them some manners. <laughs> These French crusaders. Now, again, Toulouse, independent, spoke their own language in the long dock. The, the, they didn't like the French. Right. Um, so they went out to kick some French ass, <laughs> um, which they did, but they forgot to close the gates behind them. <laughs> right. So the crusaders are sitting there going, how can we, mm, how can we get in? And one guy goes, hey, 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 look, look over there. The gate's open. Fuck me. Okay, everybody run. And that's... Yeah, because they forgot to close the gate. That's how the Crusaders, because their 40 days were almost up, that's how they got in. I mean, they were basically thinking, you know, they they couldn't get in. They couldn't lay siege. So they thought if we just insult them. Right, because they're French. Enough. You piss them off. They can't if think we insult straight. them enough, they right. will, uh, you know, they'll fuck up. And this is the, the final one was this. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. And that was it. As soon as they said on. that, oh, oh, fuck, it was on. Open the fucking yeah. gate. Open the fucking gate. Here I come. Yeah. So they're, they're pouring in through the gates and they turn to their papal legate, an abbot. <laughs> a man of God. A man of God, <laughs> Arnold Amalric. Right. And said, uh, hold on. Hold on. Question. Uh, <laughs> Got my hand up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Crusader, Crusader Harris. Yes. Uh, um, what, what's, what seems to be the problem? I am a little confused. Normally they are the darkies, and I know to kill the darkies, but these are the whiteies, and they are kind of uh, people do I, uh, the, come on, say, uh, jabby jabby yes, or jabby jabby no? <laughs> Uh, are you asking me uh, how to tell uh, the difference between uh, the Cathars and the... I don't know why I'm doing Z. <laughs> are you asking me how to tell the difference between uh, Le Caha and Le Catholic? Uh, Harris? Harry? We will call you. Crusader Harry? Oui, monsieur. Because you are the man of the letters of the God, you do read the, the little, the tiny book without the picture. I read the comic book while I'm sitting on the toilet. I don't know. I need you tell me who stabbed. <laughs> we should just do the rest of the shows in scene four. <laughs> I, I I always tell you, uh, 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 reading Asterix <laughs> comics is uh, not enough. Asterix and Tintin, you cannot <laughs> learn everything you need to know from French comic. Yeah. Uh, le Batman, Le Superman. <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what. We oui. Kill them all. Let God sort them out. Oh. That sounds like something from the Bible. 
<laughs> it is. It is uh, from the Bible. Z. We're back to Z. It is from Le Babel. When you learn to read uh, uh, Crusader Harry, oui. you will learn that uh, in uh, book Second uh, Timothy two uh, nineteen, it says in uh, English, because I, uh, I will not try to do this in uh, French. It says, nevertheless. The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. May I say that is why I will never read the Bible, because that was really hard, and that was in English. There's no way I could do that in France. There's no way. Anyway, I stick to the comic book. Merci. I go jabby jabby now. Oui? Oui. 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 I'm going to go jabby jabby. Come on, lads. <laughs> we jabby jabby with our sword, uh, with our penis, whatever. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> and they proceeded. I'm not really into jabby jabby, <laughs> but I am, because I'm on this but end you, of the sword, not the pointy uh, end. <laughs> so yes, it was papal legate Arnold Amalric who famously said uh, in French. Kill them, for the Lord knows that are his own. Or kill them all, God will recognize his own. Or kill them all, let God sort them out, depending on which version you want to believe. And, right. uh, yeah, basically uh, it resulted in a bloodbath between 15,000 to 20,000 people were butchered mm-hmm. in Bézier. Um, that's the traditional estimate. Some more conservative estimates say it's more, more like 9,000. But anyway, thousands of innocent men, women, and children. Right. Only small percentage of them, Cathars even. And the Cathars were just good Christians, <laughs> vegetarian uh, against right. violence Christians, pacifist yeah. Christians, yeah. murdered by the Catholics, um, even the women and children who took refuge in the cathedral in Bézier. Uh, It was set on fire. Anyone who tried to escape was put to the sword. Damn. And by evening, as they say, rivers of blood coursed through the streets of Bézier. The whole place was on fire. Once they'd finished murdering and burning everything, the Crusaders looted what was left and this was the beginning of the Albigensian Crusade. Jesus. In Almaric's own version of the siege, which he described in a letter to Pope Innocent uh, in August 1209, he wrote, mm. While discussions were still going on with the barons about the release of those in the city who were deemed to be Catholics, the servants and the other persons of low rank and unarmed attacked the city without waiting for orders from their leaders. Mm. To our amazement, crying to arms, to arms, within the space of two or three hours, they crossed the ditches and the walls and Bézier was taken. Our men spared no one, irrespective of rank, sex or age, and put to the sword almost 20,000 people. After this great slaughter, the whole city was despoiled and burnt. And then he finishes with the kicker. The workings of divine vengeance have been wondrous. Is that saying that Jesus is up in heaven going, yes? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yes, Jesus loves nothing more than a little bit of killing Christians. Um, Slaughter. 
Yeah. Slaughter. The blood of Christians running in the streets yeah. gets Jesus hard. I got, hard. Jesus is like, I got to tell you, burning a cathedral, that's pretty sweet. But stabbing oh. the ones that are coming out while they're on fire, fucking oh. awesome, man. Fucking Look, awesome. High five. When I was alive, I loved a good stripping whip. Uh, got to be honest. Love the pain. But seeing my own people who, they're, oh. while they're burning to death. And praying. Probably. In my house, they are praying to me <laughs> to save them. <laughs> then they get, I'm allowing them. I'm sit, just sitting here on my throne I'm watching chilling. this, by the yeah. way. Watching it on my big flat screen I just had installed. Um, it's on every channel, you know, from different different angles, different right. perspectives. Fucking oh, amazing. Sweet. And and you know, like this high this high res, like this 4K. You can, I can see, see the blood. the bubbling yeah. of the yeah. flesh and the oh. blood. God. I've got it surround sound so I can hear the I can screams. I can hear it. the bones cracking right. in the fire. Oh, yeah. if it, all I need now is scratch and sniff so I can <laughs> smell the burning flesh. Um, and then, the, even better, they're half on fire. They're running out, lungs filled with smoke, and then to see them stabbed, right. beheaded, the blood squirting out like a Tarantino film. <laughs> oh! I gotta say... Like their last, the their last thing that crosses through their mind is, "Please save me, Jesus." Right, and I'm and just what? sitting here drinking a cold one, yeah. watching them burn yeah. to death. Yeah. Fucking hell! Like I didn't think you'd get any better than stripping whip, but this, oh, because I kind of, you know, I kind of should feel guilty. I guess, but, but, but it goes I, away. Honestly, honestly, goes, yeah, nothing. Don't feel a thing. <laughs> best yeah. night, best night's sleep I've had in. I've had in ages. Is Jesus a psychopath? He is. Yeah. He'd have to be. Shit, that's my next book. (laughs) Jesus, comma, psychopath. He'd have to be all the shit that goes on in this world. Anyway, so the point the point is some other crusaders who weren't involved hear about this, and even they're saying, God damn, guys, could you chill out? Even even other people who do this for a living were horrified by what they heard. Yeah. Jeez. They were saying, fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> no, they were saying this. Have you made your decision for Christ? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin was running through <laughs> stabbing people. So news news of what happened in Bézier spreads like wildfire. The Crusaders then marched on Nabon, mm-hmm. another city, which uh, surrendered at the first sight. It's a bit like Caesar, man. <laughs> right? like Caesar, man. Yeah. They were like Caesar. Caesar was marching through the same area uh, 1,100 years earlier, 1,200 years earlier. Uh, they were, by, the, you know, these guys didn't even bother to circumvallate. No. They just walked in and fucked. Fuck, up. fuck them fuck them up. Fuck right. the shit up. Now the uh fortified hilltown of Carcassonne, where Raymond Roger Trunkeval lived, right. was next, and he knew it. So he, like uh, the the Russians, when Stalin. Napoleon was making his way oh, to yeah. Moscow, right. and uh, implemented a scorched earth policy and style. Well, he learned yeah. from the, he learned, <laughs> learned from the earlier Russians, Alexander. Uh, Tsar Alexander, not Alexander the Great. Burn Scorched it. earth policy yeah. around the city to make the land as inhospitable as possible for the Crusaders who got there on the 1st of August. The following day, uh, the suburb of Burg, which lay outside of Carcassonne, fell 
Right. And then King Peter II of Aragon arrived. Yeah. Now, he's going to try to talk some sense into uh, this whole situation. He gets Raymond to the side. He says, look, this is not going to end well for you. We have to come to some kind of conclusion because if you just let events play out, you're going to end up whipped and stripped just like everybody else. You do not want this, so we have to do something. But Raymond doesn't want to listen to him, so the siege continues. Yeah. He was known, by the way, as uh, Peter the Catholic. That was his name. That's how Catholic he was. It was in his name. Peter the Catholic. Yeah. You want to know how Catholic I am? Peter the Catholic. My nickname. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, he gets nowhere with Raymond Roger. He he told him that the Cathars were just a few fools in their folly. Yeah, not Um, Don't, yeah, don't put yourself through this uh, just for that. Um, and they, they guaranteed, um, and Arnold Armory, the papal legate, guaranteed Raymond Roger safe passage from the city, uh, if he surrendered right. the Cathars. Um, now, Peter was disgusted at that. Right. Um, no, because they weren't going to, uh, you know, uh, give up the, they weren't going to, um, protect the Cathars. They were going yeah. to kill them. Look, we will let you go, but we're going to kill everybody else. Yeah, basically, That's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. So Peter, Peter left in disgust, went back to Aragon. The siege dragged on because uh, Raymond Roger had ethics. <laughs> he refused right. to give up his people to these brutal Catholics, even though he was a Catholic himself yeah. and had offered to be stripped and whipped. Yeah, he's like, there's, Do I, there's a line. Like, I may be a Catholic, but right. I'm not. I'm not a cunt. The dishonorable Catholic. cunt. Right. D-back. Right. Don't be a Catholic, basically, <laughs> is what that stood for. D, D-back with two Cs. Don't be a cunt Catholic or a Catholic cunt is basically. Look, look, there's there's a line that even right. I'm going to draw in yeah. in the sand. So anyway, uh, they'd lost Bourges. They'd lost their wells because right. the uh, Catholics, uh, the Crusaders, poisoned their wells. They lost their water supply. Soon the entire city was suffering from all sorts of diseases, typhoid, dysentery, because they're drinking their own shit water. Yeah. And Raymond Roger was finally forced out of the city to negotiate. Oh. And then what happens? I'm guessing they talk, they hug it out, bitch, and everything is okay. Well, uh, yes, kind of. Uh, He manages to negotiate uh, a deal to save the lives of all of the people in Carcassonne. Nice. So he he pulled it off. Yeah. um, But they weren't allowed to take anything with them when they left. Right. Except the clothes clothes they were wearing. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Raymond Roger was... Told he could go free as well, but as soon as he left, they arrested him, clapped him in chains, threw him in the dungeon of his own castle, Tacky. where where he died several months later, supposedly of dysentery, right. maybe of uh, dysentery of the sword, um, where they stick a sword up your ass and right. die from that. Right. Um, and then his entire territory 
was handed over to Simone de Montfort, who I mentioned earlier, mm. who goes on to uh, be sort of one of the most brutal rulers in uh, the history of that region. So. Yeah, yeah. And he's the leader of the he's the new leader of the crusade. And like you said, he's going to go on. He's going to see opportunities because remember the Pope said if you take a territory, you get to keep a territory. He was like, well, fuck, I'm about to clean up. So he goes on a rampage taking lots of territory. And now he's got Raymond Rogers lands. It's a great start for this guy. Yeah. And he goes on to expel all of the Jews from Leicester when he takes uh, control of that and uh, many, many crusades and wars against the king and, you know, brutal. Mm-hmm. Ends up getting a brutal end himself as well. Um, <laughs> his head is severed from his body. His testicles were cut off and hung on either side of his nose. Damn! But uh, that's a story for another time. I just want to finish Raymond, Count yes. Raymond of Toulouse. right is represented as one of four figures on the ceiling of the Minnesota Supreme Court really? in the United States of America. He is next to Moses, Confucius, and Socrates. Damn. That's an intense company. Go ahead. Yeah. Apparently, each of these guys is supposed to represent an aspect of law, and Raymond is there to represent the adjustment of conflicting interests... <laughs> Um, you know, because basically uh, he got stripped and whipped. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. He also argued successfully, was mani- at some point for exemptions from taxation, protection of communal territory from the church. Uh, I'm not sure if that was before or after he got stripped and whipped. But, uh, yeah, the scene is of him standing before the papal legate in 1208 uh, where he got stripped and whipped. Right. So. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what that's supposed to mean and why that was why that was a good decision. They were like, well, we could do Moses, Confucius, <laughs> Socrates, and Jesus. Like, no, nah, hear me out. No, nah, hear me out. Yeah, let's uh, yeah. yeah, pick yeah. somebody else, somebody fresh. Look, don't get me wrong. I mean, right. Jesus loved a good stripping whip, <laughs> but uh, I know somebody who embodies that in vi- that very thing. So, oh, and we should probably yeah. tell everybody there's like at least four Raymonds in the this story and or other stories coming up. So we'll try to keep them separate for you. Yeah. Well, that is the uh, introduction to our uh, Inquisition series. That is all I'm going to say about the Cathars. That's where the violence of against heretics really kicked right. into high gear. And next time we're going to talk about the uh, persecution of the Jews, something we've talked a lot about on uh, the Cold War show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get into it on this show as well because there's nothing more <laughs> than you like to talk about. Nothing you like talking about more because you... Love the Jews. Uh, exactly. Especially when they have a... The Jew hammer. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get onto that next time. It takes brass balls to Just